Now entering Nerdist.com. My name is Ben Blacker. I'm the creator of the Nerdist Writers Panel series. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, and let me know who you'd like to see on this series. I'm always looking for new ideas for TV show, movies, books, comics, anyone you like who writes things. Do me a favor, though, and check the archive to see if we've already had that person on whom you would like to hear from. Uh, I am a television writer. I've written for Supernatural, Super Ninjas, and I'm currently on the Netflix uh, DreamWorks show Puss in Boots. Uh, I'm also the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour stage production in the style of old-time radio, which is a weekly podcast here on the Nerdist Network. For more information, visit thrillingadventurehour.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Blacker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme. Odenkirk, that was uh, with uh, Jen Kirk. Right. And, Those um, guys are amazing. Fuck, I love that Greg Daniels one as well. I love Greg. Thank you. Yeah, that Greg <laughs> one was so good. <laughs> Thank you. I still I agree. listen to it. Oh, my it's God. Fantastic. He, um, yeah, he's actually one of the um, really interesting people to hear talk about comedy, I have to say. God. Yeah. said this... Um, well, we can start whenever. But you he, know what? I mean, Get he, into it. We just started. It, 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 oh. <laughs> no, he said like one of the, Greg um, said one of the smartest things I ever heard. We were talking about um, big comedy scenes, you know, and like there's a tremendous pressure, you know, always to you know make a you know you know a set piece or whatever language you want to use. But even in television, especially in the network stuff, they're pressuring you or they used to pressure you to like, hey, what's that big scene, mm-hmm. you know, and like. Um, you know, sometimes they'll go for me because I, you know, was part of Wedding Crash. They'll say, "Oh, that scene at the dinner table." And I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe that happened." But Greg always he said this thing, and he goes, "I love big comedy scenes, but I want them to be the result of an unbreakable chain of reasonable mm-hmm. decisions," which I think is <laughs> the best, form- is so most good. concise, um, useful formulation of, especially um, for a half hour comedy like that. That points to a momentum, and it points to character, uh, and it points to how. Seemingly inconsequential, a half-hour comedy plot can be. You know <laughs> sure, what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I feel like a lot of comedy sit, uh, comedy TV makes the mistake of putting too much plot. Without question, um, you know it's you know it's pilot season right now, right? So I got a lot of you know for the network stuff, I got a lot of friends. Um, who are going through it? You know, we talk about it. I've been through it a bunch, mm-hmm. and we always say at the end, we never want. We never came out of a pilot thing going, "God, I wish I had more plot." <laughs> so they, because you know, right now everybody's looking at a thirty-six page pilot script, which is just not shootable, it's and is also, frankly, becomes unreadable for all of those people who have to read ten thousand yeah. scripts. Yeah. This is something I really listen. We've got Bob Fisher here, yeah. who is the co-creator of Sirens, yes. uh, and uh, Kevin Bigley plays Brian. I know your name. <laughs> I know your name. I almost didn't want to call you Kevin though, because of the Brian? show. Yeah, that's what Dennis does. Dennis calls me calls me Brian all the time. It's um, but this I was gonna Brian. say this is what I really like about Sirens and and a lot of the stuff that we know Leary from, sure. like a lot of the work he's done, where it's just letting these characters exist in what they do, and you know the comedy is kind of secondary to it. Uh-huh. You know, they are funny because they are funny characters, as opposed to the plot being yeah. you know inherent. Yeah. Exactly. There's very few plots that we've done that are inherently comedic, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, and yet, I hope they, you know, and I trust that they're funny. Actually, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but, but you know, we but, talk about it all the time. It's the, uh, with theme. Like you're very so theme conscious, and the show is so theme conscious, and and it's never, 
that's where I feel like you, we all start with all this stuff. You know, it's never about what can we do that's really funny. It's more like what can we do that means something. And that's what when you talk mm-hmm. about traffic lately, it's like that. It's such a heartfelt show as well. You've always written with a lot of heart. It's your curse. No, you know, it's the um, a friend of mine uses the music term bottom. You know, you want something to have a bottom, Hmm. you know, like it has something underneath it, you know, Um, you know, without taking your two self too seriously or something like that. But you want to. um, And a lot of times in the stuff that, you know, I've done for sure, it's usually friendship, you know, oftentimes between Mm -hmm. men. But, you know, um, it. you know, and I think ultimately that's probably the deepest part of the show. But that's you know so true of all you know really all television. It comes down to sure. um, you know these people who are stuck in each other's lives you know, <laughs> through, yeah. through, through family or work that's, that's or whatever. Yeah. And then the you know generally speaking, the successful ones are the ones where you know the people find some way to to support each other. You know, mm-hmm. and and uh, without just giving it up for free. But you know the. Um, and, yeah, that's what this show is. The thing that we have extra that makes it easy story-wise or just comedy-wise is we have um, th- these guys go out on calls, you know, mm-hmm. ambulance calls, and some of those can be – we've used a few to be relatively dramatic, but we generally use them for comic stuff. Mm-hmm. So it adds either a bit of weight to the story and or it can give it a little comic rocket, you know, launch thing or whatever yeah. where you get to basically enter a sketch into the middle of this thing, into this organic narrative, yeah. which is – you know, it's it's actually a cool way of or a liberating way of telling stories because the actual story you're telling it can be smaller because you have these other kinds of things going in and you're stringing it. Yeah, which that's I, a lot of sounds. Which to get super weird, I was thinking <laughs> yeah. about um, you know those old when they were trying to figure out how to make silent com- you know feature length silent comedies. Essentially, they were trying to find really mm-hmm. smart ways to string these you know kind of gags together and then. They, I think they found that when there was a character at the heart of it that people were relating to, it worked kind of better. And, you know, and so I think that's, you know, if anything, this thing ends up being, like, kind of character-based. I'm starting to prattle on. No, not at all. This, this is all awesome. really interesting. I and, I, and I kind of wanted to get into this sort of bigger conversation sure. about comedy. From both of you guys, you know, what is the stuff... What is the stuff in this show that you respond to? I mean, you're, you've been working in comedy for a while, too, a bit, yeah. Kevin. Um, but, like, what's, what's the stuff specific to Sirens and to your character that you respond to? Um, and how is that different from other comedy projects you've worked on? I, I think that there's... Um, what I really respond to is... I watched um, when I was home for the holidays. Uh, I was at my, my, wife's, um, my wife's parents' house, and... Uh, and her little brother is 12, 12 years old. And uh, we were sitting around. We just watched a football game. And he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, let's watch a movie. And we were looking through Netflix. And um, and I was like, have you seen Tommy Boy? Because it was perfect. That's a perfect 12 years old age to watch Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah. That's a 12-year-old's masterpiece. <laughs> and so he was like, no. And I was like, do you know who Chris Farley is? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> we have, really to, have to watch this. And he started laughing. At, uh, just so much of, of course what Farley did but what Spade did too <laughs> and it, um, he didn't even understand half the jokes but it didn't matter because there was this rhythm you know that they have this yeah. that, that rat-a-tat that just works yeah. so well and he was laughing it was so interesting for me to watch him laugh at this Spade stuff that goes way over his head but because of Farley's reaction and how they cut so with this show there's such a rhythm to these um, that once you figure it out musically yeah. it's so nice you know once you figure out that rhythm depending on the show that you're doing this one is just a rhythm I really respond to 
that in the that. rig. We love that rhythm or oh, the yeah. depot. Love that rhythm. You know, once you find that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know that the rhythm between those three guys, you know, particularly in the rig, I think is like the heart of the show. But the, uh, what, how old were you when we started doing the pilot? Twenty-five. Yeah, this like uh, twenty-eight. It, yeah. it used to freak me out how much of a student of comedy he was. I'm like, nerd. it was way. <laughs> but no, seriously, way back. I mean, and you could see little moves. Like, we'll joke around. Like, I, they don't always get on, but you see little moves. Like, oh, he was doing Belushi there, oh, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And Belushi, like he did that project yeah. with Vince, and he took a big like. There were a couple yeah. of them going, oh, that's a Vince Vaughn, and then he's got like oh, this yeah. Owen Wilson oh, reading Wilson on this thing, thing and stuff. Or Bill and, Murray thing, because I steal all the time. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure, but but in doing so, you make it your own. Yeah, yeah. Of course, well, Dan, yeah. you know it's interesting because yeah, I tease Dennis about well, he totally will own it. Um, <laughs> this little move he does when he's like kind of fronting, and it's very similar to this move that Woody Allen does that he completely <laughs> got from Bob Hope, and sure. he'll totally you know You're that right. move that yeah. well, I'm just gonna you know, and he kind of like, the, it's the coward move. And Dennis does the, uh, his own like Irish Catholic version of that same thing, and they all got it from Bob Hope, and they, both those guys know it. And it's cool, yeah. there's nothing, but you make it. I don't know. It I, becomes I, this other thing and interpreting it. And so for it out. Kevin and I, because it's we can shorthand stuff, you yeah, know, now because yeah. of that. You um, did that when the, with the, with one of the scenes in this, in, um, like I go to prom and stuff. And, and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and he was like, we were trying to figure it out because we had the written, but the written was too long. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to figure it out, like um, how to improv it. And he was like, just do like a, like do like Vince a little bit. <laughs> so we both worked with him. So it was like, okay, you that was the shorthand. Yeah. And then yeah. we got through it. But it was like, I don't know, I feel like that's a rhythm thing. Once you find mm-hmm. that rhythm, it's so nice. And yeah, shorthand's good, too. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I really like uh, the speed of the show. You know, I watch a lot of sitcoms, and I feel like I want there to be twice as much dialogue. I want there to be twice as many jokes, you know. Uh-huh. And, and I like that, you know, what Sirens does is... While it still feels very natural, it does have the rhythm of a lot of like these screwball com- comedies or, or even even the Woody Allen films. Yeah, well, it's it, yeah, it's interesting, you know, because in my head, I'm, I think I naturally write that way, and Dennis definitely does, mm-hmm. and we I'm conscious of actually s- s- imagining myself slowing it down. Hmm. But my like you know, my dad is always like, sometimes I can't even understand him. They're talking so fast. But anyway, so they. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, yeah, it does go go fast. We I mean, we're not you know sometimes we try you know to. Um, have the th- you know d- d- there's a, a natural rhythm that comes in comedy writing and sitcom writing in particular that um, you can almost anticipate when the cut is you can mm-hmm. anticipate when the joke is and you know we're not breaking you know we're certainly you know a, a, hopefully a good version of a mainstream comedy but we are conscious of trying to make the scene go longer sometimes than mm-hmm. you think so that your and or cut it shorter than you think mm-hmm. so that. Um, so that you know you're a little bit um, not sure exactly what's going to happen in a good kind of comic way because it surprises you a little bit. But anyway, those um, well, I'm, curious I'm not sure if those come through. Uh, it certainly does. I'm, I'm curious about the evolution of the show and, and the development sure. of it. Uh, yeah. How you got on board? How you and Dennis started working together? What What were you coming <laughs> off of? I well, mean, I actually I think what we, it, this thing has the development process was relatively. Long and we reshot the pilot. Yeah, and you know it's cable, so it moves slower, and no one's on a you know fall clock, and so it did seem to um, uh, stretch on a bit. I think when I met with Dennis for it, um, uh, was um, 
I think it was right after Traffic Light had aired. Mm -hmm. And um, its fate was still vague or vaguely in limbo, but it was pretty clear what was going to happen. And uh, so we met. I remember I'm, it was St. Patrick's Day, which I thought, oh, that's weird. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think he plans that. So it felt pretty good. But they, he had um, the producer. I think the way it worked was the pro- the front part of it. I'm a little hazy on, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the producers of the British show, because it was a British mm-hmm. show called Sirens, that's very different, or very different in tone. Though I thought it was good, mm-hmm. um, but it was about three guys in an ambulance, and there was a cop involved or whatever. But the, this show is substantially. Different. I like that show, but this one's mm-hmm. different. Um, and they had that. They brought it to Dennis's company to say, "Hey, maybe this might be this thing you want to do in America." And they, and they liked it and felt in their wheelhouse. And at the same time, USA I think was looking to do something with Dennis, and they said, "Oh, we have this thing." And Dennis said, "Oh, I'd like to write this, but I'm going to probably go off and do something else. So I need somebody to stay with the show, and um, you know, um, and you know, write it with him, and you know, run the show and whatnot." Um, so we met with a bunch of people and we hit it off. I mean, it was pretty simple as that. But I mean, it was a giant. You know, he never listens to this stuff, so I'm not just saying it for him. <laughs> but I was, you know, I, you know, I kind of grew up in a, a, you know, maybe less aggressively Irish Catholic, but pretty solidly similar world as that. So, he, you know, he's kind of like, you know, the, there's, there's, I really related to what he was doing. It was very specific. He reminded me of cousins of mine. He reminded me of this thing, and it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of it in television. So when I saw it for the first time, both on the MTV stuff he did, I was like, oh man, there's this guy is speaking to this thing. Um, and so, and then the job I thought was such an amazing show. Like, it, you know, yeah. um, and I think I've told him, I think I actually liked it better than Rescue Me, although Rescue Me had such a long run. No, you're correct. But it, um, <laughs> it, I just loved it. It was really great. And at the time, it was such a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh man, because at, at, at that time also I had kind of left TV and I was only doing movies. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, this could be exciting if it kind of goes in that road. Um, so I'd always wanted to work with him. So yeah, it was, it was awesome. And then, it was already sold, so there was no pitching or anything That's like great. that. We had, um, I don't even, you know, we didn't even, the the development process was pretty hands-on. I don't know to the extent that was, to which is people don't really want to mess with Dennis or <laughs> the process of cable development is a little more respectful mm-hmm. or a little less, not respectful, a little less intrusive hands-on, or hands-on. Yeah. Hands-on's a nice uh, term because um, I've never had a more hands-off development process. Wow. And then uh, at the, the people um, at the time was um, Jeff Wachtel and mm-hmm. um, uh, and uh, Chris. Huh? McCumber? McCumber came, kind of mostly came on later. Bill McGoldrick? Bill McGoldrick, of course, you know, who's a gigantic, also one of the great dudes. And um, so those guys would give us notes and say, hey, and push us in a little different direction. But they really didn't. And we wrote this pilot. And then I think some of it needed to, like, we learned a lot in making it. One of which was is that we had to vaguely take the calls seriously. Like, mm-hmm. in other words, not vaguely, we had to actually. Like, if there was a somebody's life or death was on the line or there was some seriousness going on, if there was a time component, the guys had to not be cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. So we had to reshoot a couple scenes, which we did in the spring. Yeah. And then I think kind of started to kind of come together. It was a but, car wreck scene was our one, and we were mm-hmm. kind of like... They were kind of like joking while they were doing it, and it just, I guess it didn't, it didn't yeah, go it's over jarring. that well. I Yeah, it's jarring. Yeah, it's weird to see. Yeah, and it's, I, have, yeah. I would imagine, too, there was some, you know, discovery process once you had the actors on board and kind of saw how they all worked together. Yeah, there was a number of things. I mean, you know, in, in Dennis and my defense, both of us, said, we love that, like, you know, like, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, <laughs> heat a battle kind of quip and stuff. But there was something about it that didn't feel quite right. So we redid that. And then also the natural, like... 
I think Kevin's character Brian was different in Dennis's mind, although he's pretty close in mine. Uh, when I remember, but, I remember when I looked at the audition uh, slides, I was like, "I'm fuck, I'm not getting this." Why? It was it was the character description was short, stocky, blonde crew cut. <laughs> I was like, "Man, no, my hair was way longer." Right I got now. the crew cut now, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, "Oh fuck, there's no way I'm getting this." <laughs> but yeah, no. It, um, so, what do you crazy. think they responded to? What do you think you brought to it? Though? I don't know. What yeah, did maybe you Bob? <laughs> I don't know. What do you, I, you know, it's so far, it's hard for me almost to go back to it because now you are the character yeah. to me. And um, But I liked, um, oh, I don't know. You know, there's a na- naivete to mm-hmm. the character, but at the same time, he doesn't feel, um, you feel like he could handle himself ultimately and that there actually there's a point to what, you know, he's got an argument. Um, I actually identify with the guy's point of view. That's actually, right. You, fairly, fairly yeah. you know, a, a lot, actually. Um, but... Um, there was just something to the way he brought it. It also felt less obvious um, because you could cast a nerdier guy or, uh, you know, the heavy guy or whatever it may be, and it just felt kind of um, more interesting that somebody could be not have some physical quality that made them sure. this way, but that this was a choice on some <laughs> on some level for them. It made it kind of interesting. Because ultimately, and that's what him and, uh, and Dennis said too, is that ultimately that choice to be that way is that Brian's not wrong. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. some of his opinions and his outlook, he's sure. kind of he's kind of right in some ways. So, um, yeah, yeah, way too naive, but the same yeah. same time kind of right. And I think the really tricky thing uh, on that pilot and figuring out the stuff was. Um, the character Johnny that Mike Mosley plays has a lot, especially in the early drafts, has a lot of Dennis in him. And mm-hmm. what Dennis does is very, you know, it's in specific to him. And so we had to, and Mike had to find a way, you know, and a lot of this was really in writing, uh, had to find a way to make it him as opposed to, because well, a lot of actors came in and auditioned for it, several really good ones. Um, and the ones that went wrong, I think, were the people who were trying to do a Dennis Leary impression. It's like those Woody Allen movies we don't like where someone's doing the <laughs> right. Woody Allen impression, you know? But the, um, so that Mike already had this kind of take that was Mike. And it, it it's different. And, you know, it had altered the dynamic between the guys, I think, in a good way. Because Mike is, you know... Uh, you know, in the old uh, improv thing, he has status probably over the other guys, but barely, and the mm-hmm. other guys wouldn't necessarily... You, your character would acknowledge it, but he'd acknowledge it yes. for everybody. Yeah. But it's not so clear, whereas Dennis, as a character, has a tendency to really be the guy in his situations or be fighting to be the guy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Mike's rhythm is so different, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, Mosley's rhythm is so different from most other actors. I remember when we tested and he came in, and it was, like, uh, it was way different than everybody... Hmm. Than, yeah. Like than everybody was doing it. The way he breaks it up, it's similar. We said to like uh, Michael Keaton, like a young Keaton, sure. like the way he does stuff. Like it's so cool the way he breaks up. So like going back to rhythm, it was cool to find that rhythm. So how does that affect it. how you play with it? Um, you can do anything with Mike. Mike's a, a, a phenomenal, <laughs> yeah. it's like mind-blowingly good actor. <laughs> like so, you can really do anything with with most. Oh, yeah, that's the thing with the. Um, you know, we do do good. You know, a healthy amount of improvisation mm-hmm. or whatever, um, especially at the ends of scenes and stuff. And the key is just to, you know, just to stay in it. You don't even have to be great. You know, mm-hmm. or you know, you know, um, Mike's pretty gifted. Um, you know, uh, improv. You know, improviser. Yeah, really. I mean, you co- you definitely have a background in it. And the guy who plays Billy the Cop, who's a bigger part of the show, yeah, as a you know. 
and also it makes sense because those guys are more comic characters mm-hmm. than you know whatever. But everybody else has really gotten into it too because it's just yeah. a question of staying in character. Absolutely, yeah. Because it's so cool to have that written. And uh, if you look at like the first season, the first half, there's not a lot of improv, and then the second half, in the editing, there was a lot mm-hmm. of like using the improv at the end of the scene as a boost of energy. Mm-hmm. Because when you find that improv, you get excited that you have it, or like Absolutely. you come up with that joke and you have it, and it just gives this weird energy. I don't know why. I guess because you haven't said the same lines over and over right. again, and it just gives this cool energy right to the next scene. Yeah, it's it, you really do feel it in yeah. watching it. That's interesting. Has it affected? I, oh, sorry, I was going to just add on that that I, those extra little bits of improvisation that they're doing. Uh, y- y- you know, look, I mean, on with the, my experience of you know doing Wedding Crash and going to be on the set there. I mean, those guys, you know, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson are as good at that as you know mm-hmm. anybody in there. You know, when they were doing that stuff was awesome, but you. Um, what what it allows you to do in a weird way is get to know the character more and you feel like you know them more because you're seeing what feels like downtime a little bit sometimes or what feels like a, a ge- something genuine more slightly more genuine mm-hmm. um you know i we were you know it's everybody does this kind of stuff but it was i enjoyed doing it on traffic light as well you know um and i felt like um the things that were good, very good about that show included that sense of kind of like, oh, I saw like Nelson Franklin, the guy who played the lead in that show, was an incredible improviser, <laughs> and he, um, uh, you know, you just felt like you got to know the guy a little bit. But anyway, go on to your question. Uh, I was just curious about how that, knowing what your cast is capable of, uh-huh. um, both in improvisation and just in the delivery yeah. of the script, has it? Ch- how does that change how the show is written? Well, I, you know, I, it, it's, you know, because. Um, you know, one of the things about, um, I'm sure you see it all the time in your interviews, one of the things about having a comic point of view is is that I'm consciously making fun of the pretentious things I'm saying here, <laughs> <laughs> but, which is really hard, because I was about to say, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say, say it I say this, we say this thing, and it sounds so unbelievably pretentious out of context, which is that I really think these guys taught us, or, the, you know, the actors teach you really how to write them, the good it's ones teach you how to write them, and like, I'll use an example of, you know, uh, this guy, uh, character Billy, Josh Segura, who's a uh, on the show and a you know bigger part of the show this year yeah. it was a very small part initially where he was playing the character Teresa's partner and just instantly you were like wow that's very different than I in spirit or it's kind it's exactly mm-hmm. what we wrote but it's sort of different and it's this thing and it just was this window into this character that you wanted to write and that guy's voice and all of these guys voices now are end up being in your head you know and then they're, you know and look and they're um you know there's a character, um, um, you know, that you find, sometimes like with side characters, you'll find a little something for them. And then the goal is to kind of like try to give them more mm-hmm. and more and flesh that thing out and give it bottom or give it some, you know, grace notes or whatever. But I really do think that listening to and seeing where they kill and seeing where the little mm-hmm. bit of delight is Absolutely. or um, these little natural rhythms, you, f- you find it and you f- and it's and it becomes the thing that all of us noticed this season was just it was a lot easier to write because we figured these guys' rhythms out, and they really largely taught. The other thing that I do think that helps this show is for three months, we all lived together in Chicago, you know, in an apartment complex in Chicago, and none of our families are there or our friends. It's just us making a TV show, and some of the writers, you know, a couple of the writers live out there, a couple of them come out there. 
and yeah. all we're doing it's borderline frat house. Yeah, like, I, mean, I, I have a family, so I come home, you know, every other weekend and whatnot. But it is so you're all it's all you're doing, and we've done this now three months for yeah. pretty close to three years now, where you go because the pilot like, was too, like, come on, want to run lines? And like so these guys run lines together yeah. all the time, but also you're just kind of h- hanging out, you right. know, and um, uh, you know, and it's a weird. So you know them. Uh, you know, in a way that, you know, like these guys, like through scheduling or whatever, I, my birthday was in there. And so I spent my birthday with Kevin and Mike at a punk, at a punk show. Took, uh, a Black Lips concert. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, which was, which was great. And, and, and you know, Ke- Kevin great. got married. <laughs> yeah. Kevin got married there. I was yeah, his man. minister for oh, the yeah. thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, he, uh, married, he married me. me, <laughs> me yeah. Yeah, me um, so you, there's a, so, you know that that's kind of natural closeness yeah. is there. You know, pretty much all the time, and they're getting the rides to the you know to, mm-hmm. to locate. And we're we film all over Chicago, so you're you know in those vans. You know, at um, it's funny. I mean, that really gives the characters on the show this lived in feel. And I never <laughs> would have guessed that was why. <laughs> I, I think that it helps. I mean, obviously they're good, they're good actors who found their yeah. rhythm. Makes and memorizing lines very easy because sometimes he's right <laughs> so into our psyche you just look at it and you're like, hey, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. That's what I, I was and that, yeah, I would say that, yeah. And the three, the, the having the three guys, like we do two, we do a lot of cop car banner this year mm-hmm. in the show with uh, Billy and Teresa and uh, played by Jess and um, Josh. But the three having three, you know, which most look honestly, most the British show was based on three, so that's where we started. There are EMT units that use three, but the norm is two, right? So, but if the dynamic of three um, makes those um, conversations kind of easy and flow, and so they're just kind of that's a nice thing. So that's why we're like, I mean, in the beginning, I think we we're toying like Brian's going to be done with his training and then he's going to go off in a different mm-hmm. rig, but there's no way those guys are yeah. ever going to be apart. Yeah, well, so, yeah, there's a satisfying dynamic there. Yes. Everybody has different views of each other in mm-hmm. your place. Um, let me just go back to the writing of the script for, of the pilot for a second. Uh, I was curious, in even before seeing the show and seeing your name on it and Dennis's name on it, how this is different from Leary's past shows. You know, hearing the premise, it clearly fits in with, with the question. job and... and uh, Whatever that fire show was. Yeah, it's a bit like it's uh, yeah. his first responders trilogy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, yeah. But it's the flavor of it is is different. I mean, what what do you what do you well, bring I think, to the show? I mean, the uh, you know, um, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I would say that look, even if I wasn't involved just these three guys doing that material Mm -hmm. would kind of naturally lead in this direction. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because, um, you know, you're writing for the people that you, you know, that you cast, you know. And in a weird way, I also think that, you know, there's a less East Coast sound to these actors' voices. So I think that changes the nature of the way and the rhythms that they're right. Sometimes we have Lenny Clark or John Skirty on the show, Mm -hmm. and that lends itself more to some of those kinds of rhythms, because that's Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that uh, ethnic Northeast um, thing. But I think Kevin's from Texas, and you're kind of from all over, Mm -hmm. and Mosley's from Iowa. Hmm. And there's this very, like, kind of... You know, it's just a slightly different sound. So would, but I mean, I've all I think I've always been very good at writing, you know, character based dialogue mm-hmm. that isn't super necessarily jokey jokey. Although that ends up coming out mm-hmm. naturalistic dialogue of, and the first 
and I'm terribly uncharming, but there's something ends up being charming <laughs> about the, go- the guys <laughs> that I've, I've written. And then, um, and then the other, um, you know, um, I would say there's a, an ease or a lightness to the way you know, I can write about um, stuff that has some gravity or some weight that you that comes across, and I'm sure that's a part of the show. But both Dennis and I are interested in in some kind of idea, loose idea underneath the episode. Mm-hmm. It's not in every episode because we don't want to repeat the pattern, but sometimes we'll do these sort of variations on an idea that will usually come out of a call, and then that'll mm-hmm. start you talking about the idea of you know ideas that could be deeply philosophical but we're talking about them on a fairly light level about like to what you know coincidences for you know versus sure. you know destiny or you know or serendipity or you know what meaning and these kinds of things or bad luck and chance you know there'll be all sorts of or an episode about fears or you know things like this and hopefully it doesn't come off too heavy-handed but it's kind of nice to be able to have but then you have ones that break it up in such an interesting way especially this season yeah. it's like that thing um that Greg said where he was talking about how um, there's can, there can be a great episode of television, but it may not be a great episode for the series. Hmm. Like Michael Scott leaving the office is a sure. great episode. <laughs> not you know like it, like arguably tough for the series because right. they still had four or five to do. Yeah. But like breaking up that rhythm in such a cool way, we have like four episodes that can kind of slice up those themes. Mm-hmm. And, like, really yeah, and we try to do one where something relatively weighty, mm-hmm. you know, is in there to mix to mix it up. Um, but and then you know try a few storytelling experiment you know they're again well, they're not earth, gr- gr- shattering but there are way of being kind of interested in the yeah. thing. I mean, I must it must feel like having going into a second season you can you've established the baseline right mm-hmm. and so you can try some new things. Um, how, how does the room work? Um, is there a room? Where yeah, is Yeah, it's a very loose kind of room. And, um, <laughs> you know, we say we make this show in three time zones, and it's kind of true. You know, because Dennis is in New York and me. And uh, the writers we have um, are in Los Angeles um, for the summer. But the way we did it this year, which will probably be similar, is we have a relatively small staff um, of, you know, really incredible, very, very, very talented people. How small? Unbelievably lucky. Um, We had uh, one co-EP, Eric Durbin. um, You know, I'm going to say, if any comedy writers are listening He's terrible because he's horrible. Don't ever hire him because <laughs> I want to own him. But he's, <laughs> he's ridiculously good. Um, and uh, and a huge, you know, honestly, also, um, he really should probably should be, he had a big impact on the voice of the show, too. He's got this very kind of, um, you know, I don't know. It's like he does a good McConaughey impression. So, But there's, an easy, <laughs> there's a laconic kind of like... Um, stuff rolls off his back quality to the jokes that he does that are just really spectacular. He is probably the coolest person I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Durbin is, yeah. Yeah, he is. Now we'll never be able to get him back. Because it's, hard to, it's really hard to hold on to writers and cable because, you know, you know the season it. is sort of sporadic and, you know, but... Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then this year we had um, two really good uh, story editors and we got incredible value out of that. Annabelle Oaks and Sarah Walker and um, a huge impact on the yeah. show. And then... Um, uh, our staff writer this year was Spencer Sloan, um, who um, is remarkable and incredibly close friend of both of ours. He used to be um, he used to be my assistant way back. Oh, terrific! Um, uh, so that's a really small group. It's incredible. And then Dennis. And then so what we all did is we flew out to New York for two um, week trips and just and broke a bunch of stories. Wow! Not all the stories, but a good mm-hmm. portion of them. 
And then we came back and, you know, we loosely broke them mm-hmm. sort of like a oh, temporary break. And then we came back. We broke them, broke up all the stories. How let me ask you. Uh, let me just dig a little deeper. Yeah, on sure. that. How how loosely was it? This is an area I'd like to plan. Or did you have act? I think we'd have or? like no act breaks. So we don't even, you know, actually, to be honest, uh, we don't write act breaks in mm-hmm. the scripts. Um, <laughs> uh, we we edit act breaks because they're at commercial breaks. But in, when you're doing four commercial breaks, it starts to get weird. And then mm-hmm. it, um, you know, like when I was starting out as a sitcom writer in the nineties or whatever, you know, it was, they were really a teaser in two acts and that act was like, Oh no, what's going to happen? You know? And it, uh, w- it's just really feels to me super antiquated. And even like, Oh, I need a big, like, but, and, yeah. and half of where the act is is based on their sort of the net, whatever network you're working with, relatively Byzantine rules of O between minute six and minute six, seven. And I'm like, all right, well, so I don't even want to write towards that necessarily yeah. because also, like, I wouldn't want to end a scene that wasn't either funny or moving or surprising or really funny anyway. So it's pretty easy to find the act breaks in this show. Right. And I also just, it's all, I, you know, the thing that's tricky when you're doing a show that does have commercials. Is it's just still not really fundamentally how we watch television or will be watching television. <laughs> so what are we making that yeah, you know? Yeah. And so you know we're we're in a spot where you're making it for now and you're making it for the way people probably more watch television. And you know, so I think we'll it, act breaks will be something we parody in a long time. You know, <laughs> but the um, but anyway, so um, we don't do it that way. Um, we have something underneath it, something that it's some like. Mm-hmm. And probably have, like, oh, what the stories will be, but we don't necessarily have all of the turns. And then we'll go dig in and find out what those turns are. We probably have a couple big scenes. Okay. Like or another words, oh, that'll be the this is this is, this is what we're paying for, for the, yeah. you know, like that's what you, that's what your thing is. Yeah. And then I don't know if it feels that way, but the sto- we have the luxury because of these calls of having a slightly looser, mm-hmm. you know, there aren't five twists to a story, you know, some stories have three B and, but it does feel like there are stories usually, mm-hmm. or at least there should. Absolutely. Um, so then we'll spend some time with that and we write up usually a, like a three to five page document. That's like prose, but pretty much what every scene would be. Okay. And then we'll turn that into the network sure. and the, or the studio and network, you right. know, the, the traditional process. And then they, um, we'll give, give notes and then we'll go off and write it. Mm-hmm. What kind of notes are, uh, common, You know, in case they hear this, I'm I'm, I'm very reluctant to say this, but I was joking to somebody uh, that the that I think that I got less notes this year doing this show than I did on my second. I'm talking the whole year than I did on my second episode after the table reading of a traffic light episode. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it feels like not. Yeah, we're shooting the. the, we had Melanie Frankel come out. Yeah, she, she was, was exact from USA. She, she was there for two days, her first day of shooting, and then we were all excited because it is a friendly environment with, mm-hmm. with, her, with, with her especially, and we're like, so are you going to be able to come out like with all of us and stuff? She's like, I'm flying out. And uh, she's like, if I'm here more than today, that means that there's a problem. And she was never back. You know, like, I mean, so, and they never came out. She trusts you guys to make the show. They never came out second season at all. They they had a few little small little things season one. And, um, you know, and I think that was just all of us trying to figure out what the natural kind of place for the show was. Mm -hmm. And I think we all feel like we found it somewhere in the middle of, you know, as actors and writers in the middle of the, you know, of last year. Mm -hmm. Like, it's often the case. I mean, our our pilot is... I 
clearly, in my opinion, our there's cool stuff in it, but it's our worst episode. That's which good, is, which is better than say. Shoot. I mean, right? Isn't it three different shoots? It yeah, there's stuff from three shoot. different sure. shoots on the yeah. thing. And it's kind of cobbled together. Mike's I mean, facial hair changes. Yeah, <laughs> it, but it was also like the show we didn't know, and also yeah. like I, I think there was, you know, I think we were trying too hard to some extent. Like, oh, we're gonna be tough, and we're gonna be punk mm-hmm. rock, and we're gonna be whatever, you know, but. As the show kind of eased into the thing, you know. I mean, you know, on the voice thing, the other thing that you were talking about earlier that I want to add is that, like, with this show, because it's about, um, the thing about EMTs is they go out and they serve everybody, you know what I mean? And the people who um, serve those people, the EMTs, represent everybody in a way that, like, you know, like a show... Uh, that, you know, I just finally watched The Pilot Transparent, and it was, you know, very good. That's a very specific group sure. of people. Um, and as, you know, diverse of the issues they're dealing with, that's a very, you know, t- the voices are very specific to um, a, a very narrow segment mm-hmm. of the population, whereas this is very large. One of the things I like about the, the show is that there are people of, who sound very, and look, but sound very different from each other and have different rhythms and are bringing in different perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the people that, you know, the, the calls or whatever you want to say, the little, you know, when we're treating people, mm-hmm. those people also have different rhythms Absolutely. and different things. And it, to me, it makes it just feel bigger it in a way. It opens the world or, yeah, in a really nice it, way. Yeah. yeah. Um, could this show exist on the network? How would it be different? You know, I think it probably, you know, I don't, look, I don't, it's, I have not, I've, you know, I've done network television. Yeah. I imagine I would do it again. It's, you know, obviously changing what mm-hmm. it is and is going to change what it is. You know, um, our, this writer we're talking about right now, Eric uh, Durbin is working on that Will Forte show. Mm-hmm. That could be totally That's cool good. and open up yeah. a whole new it thing. It doesn't sound like a network of, show. Yeah, of yeah, the thing. So what we know is a network but show. The, in the end, this show delivers what hopefully a lot of, you know, what traditional network shows um, aspire to, which is a group of people you like who, you know, give each other shit. And, get <laughs> yeah, 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 and it's like, and it look, yeah. it's as old as yeah. friggin' time, but yeah. this show does deliver that stuff and then has this other stuff around it. Now, I don't, obviously we can't do the language, so that's not, but right. either, it's not like we, I think sometimes... In the beginning of the show, we might have been like, oh, we can say cock, so we're going to say cock, right. and you're going to do this. And that goes away, and what comes in its place is that you would just, I naturally say shit a lot. So <laughs> it's going to come out in the thing, and, and, it, and I like it. We could take that away, and it would feel probably okay. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the question is, could you have the autonomy... Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I feel like that's often what it comes down to, right? Yeah. Is is you guys are getting to make the show you want to make, yeah. And yeah. the fact that you got more notes on, mm-hmm. you know, an episode of Traffic Light yeah. than you got in a whole season of Sirens, yeah, speaks highly of making these shows for cable. And I wonder if if network is going to start chasing that, if they're uh, going to realize I mean, that. I hope so, and I, you know, and it becomes not so clear as to what the difference is or what yeah. the place is or what the and again like I'm you know I'm not I, I like I wish that I was 22 or 3 right now and have it at all I mean the ability to I think what's going to happen in television is unbelievable I mean it's scary and there'll be a lot of changes and mm-hmm. you know whatever but the ability we're going to have the ability to just make a lot of stuff now 
I have good friends in this business who, if they weren't my friends, wouldn't necessarily know that Sirens is on. Mm-hmm. That's the downside of right, having sure. so many different things. If you had a show on um, a network 10, 12, 13 years ago, even if it sucked, people would have heard about it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Even if for ri- just for ridicule yeah. and <laughs> yeah. embarrassed about it forever. But you can, you can make stuff that's pretty cool that has... You know, we, we actually get, a, you know, for a, a cable comedy, we get actually pr- we did pretty good, and I think we'll probably yeah. grow. But at the same time, it's just not the, the – there aren't billboards everywhere in the same right. white way, so it's you're kind of – There's no a, TV Guide cover to be on anymore. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think – but with that or with what it is now and whatever yeah. it is now with network, there, that comes with those notes because it's yep. just more – it's more yeah, of it's an a bit engine, of a it's more money, yeah. it's more all that. So they have – they, they want to have more of a say. Mm-hmm. I would like look. What happened with Modern Family is it's like such a, an extraordinary thing, yeah. and the show was fantastic, and it was fantastic in a way that meant the old notion of broadcasting. I don't know how replicable that is. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I don't. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if that's a turret. My agents probably go, "Oh, how that's li- <laughs> that's what all of us all of us live on the back of those syndications." <laughs> but I, 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 you know, as a writer, I don't. I, I don't think about syndication as a realistic goal yeah. and make, oh, I'm going to make this. When I started out, like, that was the huge thing. Like, everybody could make this giant pot of Absolutely. gold at the end of the rainbow. Very few shows have made a tremendous amount of money. Mm-hmm. You, you know, obviously, I mean, shows that are big, you know, um, have not syndicated in the way that, that people sure. expected them to. So, like, unless you're, you know, the guys who made How you Met Your Mother are going to be, they're going to be rich. But how right. in the Modern Family guys will be rich. Um right. But they're fewer and yeah. further between. You know, it's not, you know, New Girl, which is a fabulous show, and you, you would have made, I, I don't know how much money they're mm-hmm. going to make, you know. And maybe they'll make a lot. I hope they do because they're all awesome. But, um, but you know, you know, so it's just not, and that's an incredibly successful show that sticks around forever. It just yeah. doesn't seem like, it just seems better goal to just try to make something cool. You know? I, but, yeah. I think you're absolutely right, and I think that that's sort of the thing we keep coming to on these panels, oh, especially does in the past year or yeah. so, is just just make the thing you want to make. make but I think that, but, but like right now, I'm like sitting like, oh, well, what I might do, and you know, the other thing too is that um, for somebody like me who came up, you know, as a kid, loving that kind of looser '70s style of mm-hmm. something, I was going to ask a place you about that for... to talk about the '70s thing because Dennis has that '70s. Mm-hmm. St- Dennis loves. His favorite movies, Eddie Coyle, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. and like the job has that seventy feel to it. And you've always said that our this show has, has that feel. feel. Yeah. yeah, it's what it, is that feel? Like it's just there's a looseness to it. It's not so polished. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, um, you know, I, I watched. You know, I, I'm not always that current, but I watched Togetherness last night, and mm-hmm. and it was you know the premise is you know fairly standard. I mean, I could sell that to a network probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and make a bad Based version on the of premise, it. Yeah. But it, um, but the kind of style of it, the looser style of it, um, and trying to find different kinds of things to focus on, you know, it, for me makes it more interesting. So that's the thing that's very exciting in the mm-hmm. TV stuff is the ability to maybe kind of, it seems like there's a lot of stuff that you can do on these different new outlets and you make less money than we did before, but right. gosh, we'll make better stuff. Absolutely. So what, tell me a little bit about the stuff you worked on coming up just briefly. Well, I, you know, I say like, I'm kind of like, you know, I didn't have a really clear vision of how it worked. I didn't really know anybody, you know. <laughs> and my uh, old writing partner, a super talented dude, I went to high school with named Steve Faber. And um, we didn't know what to do. We would just hand out scripts to random people. It actually worked out for us because we handed out 
a script to somebody who handed a script to somebody in the, like the makeup department at ABC on some sitcom, and she handed it to an executive, and I th- she literally put it in the pile of scripts I'm never going to read. But it fell off her desk, and this honestly got a true story. Went underneath the credenza of her office. One year later, a year later, she moved. She got a promotion, got a new office. They moved the credenza. She saw the script under there, thought it was a sign. And so she read it, (laughs) and she got us an agent that afternoon. That's exactly how it happened. So, no, we didn't have any idea how to do it. And we didn't know necessarily how to – and we were also with a a very passionate but small agent at the time. And I don't know if she necessarily – she was awesome, didn't necessarily have the vision of where we were to – and so we were kind of plodding along a little bit. But – and I also um, were you were you guys landing in writers' rooms or were you? Oh yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. This okay. is one of my famous giant ridiculous prologues. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so the we we worked on like you know I, I don't know four or five sitcoms. Our first job was on one of the Bonnie Hunt shows, um, okay. ninety four, ninety five, somewhere in there. Uh, CBS sitcom called I think it was called uh, the Bonnie Hunt Show, and then it was mm-hmm. called. Bonnie, um, Those but inter- her uh, she, oh, are she's remarkable. Too, I learned it. I actually same loose feel. Yeah, very oh, much. Have the I piano love play uh, uh, for the audience. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. What? Do you always used to have the piano? The, the piano play? She yeah. did. Yeah, when she had a jazz combo. You know, like when we were doing <laughs> cool, the tapings. man. Yeah, I learned a lot from her. Just the rhythms and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and she was another person I kind of admire. You know, um, I got I. I uh, um, I would love to have her on our, our siren show just because she, you know, she's from Chicago and yeah. she has that feel. We tried to get her on this one thing, but it didn't work. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll get Bonnie. Yeah, so but then I, wor- I worked on another show, at, but at the very end, called Married with Children, mm-hmm. and called like it's, <laughs> I worked on this you little show, little show <laughs> called so, Married. With it's children. hilarious, but um, uh, and I hadn't really. I was like I was kind of I, I was I think I deep down I was always at that time back then more interested in movies, but. Um, hmm. And I just didn't know, really, it just, I, I don't know, I, it, it, I didn't know, there weren't podcasts and stuff that I could listen to and yeah. figure stuff, and I didn't know, really, it just didn't seem like a realistic kind of thing to do for some crazy reason, television <laughs> seemed more realistic to me. <laughs> and so I, I didn't, hadn't know Married with Children all that well, I'd seen a little bit of it for, you know, some people was super iconic, and, and now when I went yeah. back and watched the episodes when I was working on the show, I was like, oh my god, this guy's a genius, it's so, he's remarkable. <laughs> But anyway, so that was a good experience also just in terms of, like, learning a lot of traditional kind of very old-school jokes. I would but imagine then, that was a very traditional comedy yeah. room with, you know, 20 writers throwing jokes at, at a script. Yeah. And then that right after that, like, but the irony or the way it worked is we were supposed to go on a show that was considered kind of cooler called Ned and Stacy. Sure. But then that job fell through, and then Sony felt so bad they put us on that. It was, or, you know, gave us a leg in. We had to That was back when studios had feelings. No, but that was a pretty, it was kind of a weird situation how it happened. But, and then we were, we came very close after that Married with Children, Steve and I, to getting a job on, you know, what at the time was the hottest show in the world, Friends. We got, you know, got really close. We didn't get that job. And I think, oh, if I got that job, you know, I, you know, sometimes like, oh, I would have made so much money because all those guys made so much money. But I also, I I also think that I might have kept going in that direction. And 
but what ended up happening is then I got on another show and another show and another show, and you kind of get sick of spending a year on a show, and it turns out like, and there's so many great people in the room or hilarious, mm-hmm. and then you watch the show and you're like, eh, you know, it's all right, you know, and, and it just, and then you go get another job, you go get another job, and so we did that for a few, and then at a certain point in time, we said we gotta write a movie, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and then we wrote a movie. Our very first screen, very first screenplay I ever wrote got made. Twelve years later, was that We're the Millers uh, yeah. movie? No kidding. And yeah, so, but because of that, then we started getting a lot of work off sure. features, and then that's what led to, you know, the Wedding Crash and stuff, and I was super into that, and then um, after a while, after wedding, a little bit after Wedding Crash, uh, Steve and I uh, split up and stopped writing together with incredible timing on our part, but it was, <laughs> and then, so, um, so I did some movie stuff, and I did some TV stuff, and then, you know, the... I did a couple pilots. I filmed one. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun because you get to, to make stuff in a way that, like, you know, in film it's the director's thing. And, mm-hmm. and so then, so I made this pilot with, um, called The Law with Cedric the Entertainer. And I'd, wa- I'd always been interested in this stuff. I wanted to do a cop thing. And then, you know, it didn't, it, did, we, it was funny. And I actually think it got pretty close, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted hmm. to do in TV. And then Traffic Light, to some extent, was a reaction to that, that I wanted to try to keep it. Less silly, less amped up. There was a in, okay. at the time in network television. There was a nervousness that they were like, "It's got to if single camera, it's got to be super funny." Mm-hmm. And to them, super funny sometimes. And there, again, I, so many friggin' amazing people that right. I worked with. But the, um, there's an amp, a desire to amp things up. And so mm-hmm. the comedy started feeling sweaty. Mm-hmm. You know that quality that we're talking <laughs> about. We're just trying too hard, and it's fake. And it's just like, fuck it. We might as well just do multicam, which acknowledges its fakeness right. you know mm-hmm. if we can't be more human if we can't be if people can't if you said can't. it really well one time when you're like everybody has a joke and that's the problem that you have that hmm. everybody has a joke so kind of taking jokes away maybe and and and, and writing more on theme or writing well more it's on, it's like the character stuff you know breath. what i mean and just in, and and also um doing less um, clear old school setup but we still mm-hmm. try to do some of that because you want I don't know you want to like eat from the rainbow the comedy yeah. <laughs> rainbow but you want a little bit a well, little bit also, of everything but you know I was thinking in watching these uh, first few episodes again like there is an amazing joke and I think the second or third episode with uh, the guy who gets hit by lightning and mm-hmm. he's deaf in the mm-hmm. ambulance yeah. and you know what's coming. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. that your character yeah. is going to yeah. say something yeah. awful and that's yeah. when yeah. his hearing is going to come back. Sure. But the way it's laid out is there's a great tension there. Right. <laughs> uh, and I feel like it, it's played with in such a fun... And it's not, It's not. again, it's not groundbreaking, but it's played with in a, in a really interesting, fun way because you'd like these characters. Yeah. and that, And there's something about filming... You know, I kind of fell in love with, on the traffic light, we were doing a lot of these phone call things, but I fell in love with filming mm-hmm. as you're moving. And because there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's minimal blocking, but it um, brings a kind of a life to it. And I also mm-hmm. feel like there's, I think, a good, some, you know, whatever, it's because you guys are good, but there's some level of driving around being pulled in a rig, you know. It's a different world. You just need to see a different world. It changes yeah, the dynamic. It does. Uh, really yeah, and so... You're pull, by and stuff. You're pulling streets. And that's the cool thing about it, even just, like, shooting in Chicago. Uh, I mean, it's just... There's all this life around you when mm-hmm. you're shooting on the streets like that. Yeah, that's it's so a different cool. flavor. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so that... Yeah. Like, roughly when I started doing TV stuff again after... It was, like, after the strike, and there was just a lot of... It felt like TV hmm. was becoming a good... Modern Family's a success. The networks were into single-camera stuff. 
uh, cable was starting to open up for some stuff, so it seemed like a really interesting. I still do movies, and I, you know, I still mm-hmm. um, love writing movies. And every year, I make sure I write one. And you know, it's just you know, movies. I know so many people have made a good living writing movies, never having had them made. Yeah. You know, I've written two movies that were made and did rewrites on two others that got, you know, and it um, made. Uh, but the, you know, and that's a pretty good track record, you know, you know, yeah, and, but that's so it just but I love it. And I don't even know. And that's another thing that's changing, too, that we might, you know, who knows? They're making less of the kinds of movies that I've traditionally written. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, so there's just less of it. But there's something about that that makes me, I, you know, I don't ever want to. But the other thing about that was fun about going into TV was just that being able to be, you know, more in control of mm-hmm. the thing and develop relations, long, long relationships with the people sure. that you're doing it. And, you know, and, you know, and I always I had no background in it, but I always, you know, so this year I got to direct one and I'll do more of that. I'll start doing more of that stuff, which is, you know, which is fun. And I probably wouldn't have done that if I just stayed in features. Sure. Yeah. Let me ask you before I want to talk to you about your yeah. comedy background too, Kevin. But before we move on, is there a difference in your process when you sit down to write a feature versus a pilot or, or an episode of yeah, television? Um, for sure. A uh, huge okay. one. Um, well, also understand I've written mainly you know, comedies that are big, stu- mm-hmm. going toward, or the goal to be big studio comedies that are going to make people a lot of mm-hmm. money are going to be very funny. At least that's the goal going in. Yeah. Um, and so to do that, the structure of that movie has to be really strong for sure. me. Like if I just am in the middle of the thing and I don't know what's going so I know what's going. Now I plot out these TV shows, but I could probably, <laughs> I honestly think I could amuse you with very little plot, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, just these guys <laughs> driving girl. around in the rig. I'm pretty confident of that. Yeah. So it feels like you can be a lot looser in terms of the, pl- for, and I also like a looser plot mm-hmm. again, back to that seventies thing for the TV stuff. Cause I don't want it to feel amped and, and at us, you know, cause I think TV should have a comfort for me, should have a comfortability it's thing. Like but Python, Python episodes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. It's just, there's a Python gets, yeah, it's just like, I mean, I mean, it's it's perfect because there's really there's no plot other than this fucking snake. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there, yeah there's a clear thing happening. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a happening. goal. And you, yeah, and you're right. That's and all you need. Yeah. With a movie, you need to be able to have plants and payoffs, and you need to be able to, um, you know, and to use use a lot of traditional callbacks, and you need to be able to move this thing along. And so, um, I've been writing movies uh, with Rob Greenberg for a while now, and he's a really talented guy, and he's mm-hmm. one of the best plotters I've ever met. We, in our office, we have this office in the Valley. He lives in Brentwood, and I live in Cerro Lake, and we meet in Sherman Oaks across from the Psychic Eye bookstore in a, <laughs> in a weird like, building that has a puppet, sh- a puppet, a puppet school. But, um, but we have these four uh, giant um, you know, bulletin boards, and it roughly goes to the first act. Mm-hmm. And then act two, generally, you can pretty much split that in two, and then act three. And we put up cards and it can't be more traditional but with this thing we we, there are no cards and there are no it's very loose like we're just sitting around a room and kind of talking about stuff and and then when we rewrite scripts and stuff we'll we'll punch around on it but it's a lot looser experience than working on a traditional like you know even semi-traditional sitcom and also, we're only making, first year we made 10, that's pretty, including the pilot, that's pretty easy. 13 is, you know. It's still work. It still counts. It, it is work, but, you know. <laughs> it was pretty, yeah. This year was a little tough because, uh, you know, it was just uh, through various things, our writing staff thinned out to a very small amount. We had, like, 
10 of the 13 broken and eight of them written, I think. Oh, wow. Which is a pretty good spot to start. Absolutely. Next year, if we have a next year, I'll, do, I'll have them all 13 broken That's and great. probably 10 or 11 written. Because you just figure out how you can do it. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, but then those last three, there was a point in time where I was like, ah, shoot, we need three more stories. And that's the last thing you want to do when you're, yeah. you know, we're in the middle of production, you know, 14, yeah. 13 hour days. We shoot yeah. 10 pages a day. Yeah. Do you really? Well, we do two episodes in eight days. So we shoot them together as a block, mm-hmm. which is really fun. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I actually weirdly think um, uh, being. Um, Having to move that quick is kind of good. It keeps people from being too burnt out mm-hmm. or too slow. Do you so find these that? Guys, <laughs> no, these guys are crazy prepared, which they have to be if they yeah. weren't. Sure. Um, and and next to each other, we can just run lines. Yeah. It is a well-oiled machine, but you get exhausted, and it's cold. That's the problem. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. You said uh, it's it's hard to be it's hard to be funny when everybody wants to go inside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I mean, and when you're driving around, film. you have to have those windows open, and especially yeah. because we start in September. And we go all the way through November uh, this year. It's like and 16 it degrees, right? 16 you know, on our last uh, so tough. on our last couple of days of shooting. 12 hours. And yeah, and little snow gosh. flurries. And it's like, it's really like, like, you know, Letterman, I think, keeps the studio. You know, it's famous mm-hmm. for keeping the studio audience really cold because he yeah. thinks you can't be funny when you're hot. Mm-hmm. But believe me, you can't be funny <laughs> at 16 degrees. It's really... Um, so it towards the end of the that. thing, we also know that we designed the episode so we're indoors more, too. But mm-hmm. we love being outside. We love, like... Yeah, we're get that flavor. We're... In the on a set set, maybe a day and a half, or two, I mean, maybe three out of the eight days mm-hmm. tops. I would say. And, and honestly, it's hard even there too because it gets really hot and you start to tired. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it really is no perfect. Oh, there's no thing. pleasing. Oh my <laughs> god, so demanding. Yeah, no. Uh, that's really interesting. Let me let me ask you quickly, uh, Kevin, just about. What was the comedy you were into growing up? What's the stuff oh that you God. loved and well, wanted stuff to do? Well, you, you could do the whole hour on that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my, uh, um, me and my sister always say that, like, our, like, Saturday morning cartoons were actually Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So we just, because Camaro Comedy Central used to run those just all right. the time. All the so, old ones. All the old ones. So yeah. those were what we watched. I always loved, you know, Belushi and Murray and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, so... Like being around on playground, I would just do Bill Murray and John Belushi impressions. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So was that was it clear to you? Like this is the thing that people can do. No, um, like how did you start to? No, you went to college for acting. You did some high school acting yeah. too, right? Yeah, but it gets so it's so serious and dramatic, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't like anything um, usually modern. Mm-hmm. Um, so comedies, it's hard. Like I I remember. My professors got pissed at me because I came in with a Neil Simon scene for final scenes, and they hated it. I got reamed. I got reamed. <laughs> they were like, no, it was like, and, you know, it was kind of, I mean, but it was like, man, really? Nothing? That, and everybody else was doing Chekhov and stuff, and I tried to right. do a Neil Simon thing, and they were like, no, <laughs> no. Get out of here. Well, you like, I mean, he also has gigantic speeches from movies memorized. Like, oh, so, right. Like, right. if I didn't know better, I would think, like, your parents, you know, your parents who I met at the wedding are lovely and everything like that, but you They're were really like, annoyed. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, you just yeah. have the thing of like a kid. <laughs> try who's out just, like, all these impressions. Yeah, it was a latchkey yeah. kid who just had his TV. For, <laughs> right. You know, like, you just know. Yeah, yeah. So, you uh, were really, you were one of these obsessed comedy obsessed. kids. Obsessed, yeah, yeah. It's really funny. And yeah, falls in the, I guess, over, overused term of nerd comedy. Mm-hmm. Nerd. Now, you know, but yeah, 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 absolutely. That's really funny. No, uh, Kaufman. I remember I did really? a, uh, yeah, I did a report 
in, in sixth grade on Andy Kaufman. That no was, way. Yeah, it was really into Andy Kaufman. <laughs> and was that through Saturday Night Live that you? Yeah, through, once about I him? saw yeah, once I saw his Mighty Mouse stuff mm-hmm. and his Gatsby thing, and then the wrestling with women, I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um, and uh, I used to do like, to, but but it's all it's all making your dad laugh. So whenever mm-hmm. I would do, uh, I would always do like an impression of Kaufman, you know. When he's like, I'm going to sue you, Lawler. I'm going to sue you for everything. I'd just do that. My dad would start laughing whenever I would do, oh do like, just, Lawler stuff. You know, I'm always like, you know, um, yeah, I'm 53. And so when I was really, I was super into comedy as a kid. It was really, I, I can't believe I'm telling in the old days. <laughs> but I mean, it's, just, it's just amazing how easy, like, like. I remember, like, I'd heard about... I'd never even heard him, mm-hmm. but I'd heard about either Alan Sherman or Tom Lear. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I must have this. So I got on my <laughs> bike, and I rode to every, like, every used record and bookstore in Red Bank, New Jersey, and whatever, <laughs> just to yeah, get um, one of those things, just get a little taste, you know, <laughs> just something, it. you know, and, like, coming back empty-handed and whatever, yeah. and trying to find this stuff, and you go, boom, it's all there for you. Instantly, Absolutely. you don't even have to yeah. pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's talking like yeah. a 50-year-old Comedy, yeah. We uh, always fan. do that though because well, yeah, he'll, I think he'll sometimes. bring something up and I'll, or, or I'll like drop like an SNL like yeah. a skit like a deep cut yeah. like a sketch. <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we, we have. What's funny to have, um, you know, uh, to be substantially, old, you know, like Kevin. You know, I think I'm your dad's age, and it. Uh, um, but we have pretty much the same comedy yeah. influences, which is yeah. an because interesting... Because it's so accessible. Because it is. And so I think that that's really probably not uncommon, but it's a really yeah. interesting... Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Like, you know, I mean, that... But I would say also, like, a lot of people in their 20s don't do that deep dive into comedy. Like, no, he's that's pretty, he's pretty, he's pretty unique yeah. in that way. Like, it's... Um, you know, if we had ten hours, you know, he's like he spends like you know what I mean. Like he, if I, he what you spent two years getting Belushi's eyebrow. You like, oh yeah, you know, I didn't didn't I, I had I may tried to make it yeah. <laughs> I, I forced this. This is not genetic. You know, and like he'll do yeah. these training, sometimes. Hard, yeah, and it's so in training. him now he won't even know, or he'll just like run like Belushi. Like I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. he's conscious of it, I'd but um, but yeah, I think it's all part more of than the sometimes. But, yeah, mm-hmm. well, they said that um, and the same thing because Farley copied his walk because. He said that he was all the bush was always being torn in twenty directions at once, and that's why he had the wide stance. So with Brian being really just funny. being pulled, you know, hundred. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like, you know, I mean, like, my adult life in comedy. You know what I mean? I, I, there's the little bits of like, he, like human nature stuff that comes out in comedy, like that thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah, such a good so thing. Cool. Like, it's as valuable to me as some, totally. you know, incredibly fancy work of art. Absolutely. Uh, Alright, before we wrap up, yeah. um, season two premieres the 27th yes. of January. That's tonight, you guys. Oh, yeah. oh that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so check it out on USA, and it's, I'm sure they rerun it all the time, too. But uh, it's a really good show. I really enjoy yeah. it. So thank you guys for being here. Before we wrap up, um, what are you guys watching on television? What oh, is getting man. you excited about TV, uh, about comedy, uh, or what movies have you seen that you love that you think people should see? Whatever, whatever you're excited and talking about Bobby, these you days. Go first, I have to think. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, first of all, I should say that I was—I um, just finished, you know, editing the show and all that stuff. And you've been underground. I've been on like, <laughs> I, and then we were writing the show, so I've been kind of on a six-month. Uh, cultural blackout, which sucks. <laughs> um, so I'm just starting starting now to catch up. So I said I just saw Transparent, which I thought was was very mm-hmm. impressive, and I probably will watch um, that. I, wa- I actually watched um, 
you know, all, all, a bunch of those Amazon pilots, I think, very promising. I think it's a super promising outlet. Um, I, you know, I mean, like the, the st- movie, I love Boyhood. I loved it, too, you know, as much as I've loved anything. Um, and, um, you know, like everybody else, I enjoyed Whiplash. And, um, Whiplash and I, I, weirdly, like, I didn't really expect it, but I was uh, shocked by how skilled and really uh, surprisingly and um, tastefully moving I found the movie Wild. I mm-hmm. thought everything about it like, um, was, yeah. you know, so much so that I actually went and re- read the book. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, all the classic ones we always... I mean, not classic ones, but mm-hmm. all the, like, obvious choices of Silicon Oh, yeah, I forgot Valley. to talk about it's comedy. Great. Oh, yeah, Silicon Valley. Like, for me, like... Oh, I, everything HBO is NFX. Yeah. I love... I mean, I'm sorry. They're competitive. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but, not, no, not at all. There's enough room. Yeah, there's so much right now. Yeah, so much. It, I love all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, all the stuff they're doing. Wait, so, I thought so Silicon Valley... Cool. Was super for me. Was super gratifying, and mm-hmm. those are guy. A bunch of them I had worked with on Little. Like I think, like you know, three of them at least had been you know guest stars on Traffic Light or various things. Had done little things with them, and or watched them come up. And to see those yeah, guys man. in this 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 spot being able to do what they do, it's just I think it's extraordinary. I mean, the how, writing the writing is very good. How orchestrated too. is just it's it's amazing to watch process. that thing. Yeah. I mean, the comedic West Wing is such an awesome <laughs> idea. It totally, you know, the other thing, like as a writer, I, I, like I'm sure. You, I'm not sure, you know, like, I feel like, oh, I could, you know, I could go on staff in Silicon Valley and do a mm-hmm. good job. I'm not, what they're doing on Veep is a totally different, so different. The rhythms are so different. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I could be at, you know, you know, you know, I mean, I'm sure I'd figure it out on some level, right. be, uh, you know, a help in some way. But, the, you know, <laughs> but, but, they it, use, but, they you know, I mean, it's just, no, not, it's such a different, like, it's just so. a role for Walsh that, like, he can, yeah. I mean, like, to, that's because. That guy um, with Dog Bites Man, mm-hmm. what, or Man Bites Dog, what was it, that at Comedy Central show with Jim Galifianakis, 80 miles? I think it was Man Bites Dog, yeah. It was Man Bites Dog, and he, I mean, he had that, and That's the, right. nothing quite that. stuck for what, and then like, bang, that happens, mm-hmm. and he's, he kills that. But they use like Baltz, who we use, yeah. Tim Baltz, Sam Richards, I mean, like, yeah, they use some cool people mm-hmm. on that show. The, the, um, comedy, real comedy guys. Yeah, it was, I, yeah, it was... Very fun, the thing. And, you know, obviously, like, the the Louis thing was really inspiring, Louis's too. Awesome. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, that was a really... Um, um, but somebody, And Dennis has a new show coming out this yep. summer on that's FX. Right. It's going to be good. That sounds good, guys. Thank you so much Thank for being you. here. Thank Again, you. Sirens, new season tonight. And go watch the old season, too, the first season, because it was great. Yeah, which uh, I think is now on Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Now, so you can yeah. catch up. Okay. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.